We now return to coverage of the 2022 midterm elections on MSNBC. Are you, no, are you serious? You're, I could, oh my God, I totally thought we had that one. That was a lockup? Are you, what is, no, that's not. Oh my God, no. Joy, oh God, look at, oh no. Oh, he's a Nazi. What the, well, at least we got, no, we don't. Oh God. What did we do wrong? All right. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com Sure, Hop. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, one more time? Sure, Hop. Hi. Uh, I, is this, uh, I'm a huge fan of Hanson. And um, I was wondering if this is uh, uh, some sort of a business dedicated to Hanson lyrics. No, no, that's uh, M-Bop. This is Shahop. This is the Stephen Hawking House of Pancakes. <laughs> you know, there are two things I'm passionate about. Uh, one, the pop group Hanson from the 90s. And two, mm-hmm. um, uh, heavily disabled geniuses. So it's sort well, of like I'm I've really struck gold with this phone call. Yeah, well, and uh, you know, if you're looking for breakfast, uh, you've called the right place. Well, this is great. Can you uh, you know, I'm always looking for breakfast and sometimes when I'm feeling crazy, a little breakfast for dinner. We do breakfast for dinner at Shahop. That's so great. So can you please tell me more about uh, Stephen Hawking's uh, pancake house? Or what's your name again? Uh, my name is Bertrand. OK, Bertrand. But what's the name? <laughs> what's the name of your business the stephen hawking's house of pancakes shahop right <laughs> so uh can you tell me a little bit about what makes shahop uh, uh different than uh its competitors yeah well uh we know uh, we are merged with ihop so ihop oh. uh and and the stephen hawking uh, foundation merged it was a hostile takeover uh, but uh, we are now in control of uh, the what was the International House of Pancakes, but it's got a little of a touch of Stephen Hawking. That's great. What does that mean? What does it mean to have a touch of Stephen Hawking in your breakfast uh, materials? Well, obviously, we changed the uh, the names of menu items, for one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's certainly thing. And our hiring practices uh, have evolved. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, please give me examples of both. Let's go menu first. Uh, what are some of the um, uh, changes to the menu or the new names of things uh, already on the IHOP menu? One of the things we're most proud about is our Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fuck You Lou Gehrig's Disease <laughs> a platter. Now that is uh, a stack of pancakes. Uh, we've got some bacon if it makes it on there. Uh, of course, your choice of maple syrup and, and a little fruit custard. Okay. And which part of that title of that yummy uh, uh, breakfast was originally an IHOP and which part did you guys add on? IHOP had the fuck you Lou Gehrig's disease uh, special and we oh. added the Rudy Tootie fresh and. No kidding. That's yeah. Boy, that's uh, it, it, it sounds like some um, a good marketing move. I think this is this hostile takeover is going to be really beneficial to everybody. It's mutual benefit. 
I can only hope. So what is, you know, what did IHOP have uh, against Lou Gehrig's disease? The original uh, IHOP was uh, International House of Paraplegics. <laughs> and then that was taken over by a restaurant chain. You okay? <laughs> the allergy season. I'm sorry. Um, I, I didn't know that. I, I, I don't know a lot of uh, uh, pancake history is not something I, I, I failed out uh, in college. I, I tried. I tried to make it my minor and I just flunked out. So thank you for informing me. Yeah, pancakes are a thing that a lot of people don't understand that they're they're much more complex than most people really understand. The mm-hmm. history of pancakes, the making of pancakes, there's a lot to pancakes. Stephen Hawking understood pancakes and that's why we made a hostile takeover of the International House of Pancakes. Wow. Well, that's great. Was was Stephen interested back when it was originally called the International House of Paraplegics? No, because he was hungry. <laughs> I like it. I, he doesn't. He doesn't need identity politics. He doesn't need any of that nonsense. He separates that. He's a hungry mm-hmm. man who happens mm-hmm. to be in a wheelchair. That's exactly true. And so, how did uh, Stephen uh, typically eat his pancakes? Well, uh, obviously, you know, he was limited uh, mm-hmm. because he had a degenerative disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he had an assistant, oh. Lulu Bell. And Lulu Bell came to us from the Philippines and she was very good with a fork or a spoon. That's see, this is why people need to realize that immigration can be a good thing. It is a good thing. So uh, when I say spoon, I mean, she would cuddle up and kind of crawl in uh, into the, and, and then she would with her fork kind of reach behind her and put the food into Stephen's mouth. I see. So <laughs> She couldn't necessarily wield the utensil a spoon, but she could, you could pay the woman to spoon him and then eventually flip some pancakes in his, in his big old mouth. Yes. If you've ever been to the Philippines, they only have forks and knives. There are no spoons. Uh, And so that's not a thing she understood, but she did understand spooning, climb up and get on that chair, do a little, a spoon and then get that pancake, reach behind her head and stick it into Mr. Hawking's mouth. Man. Uh, Lulu Bell. Lulu Bell. And was that an employee of, of Mr. Hawking or was that, uh, did she come with the original uh, House of Pancakes? She was a contractor. Okay. Independent, 1099. I see. <laughs> Although to be honest, it was only cash. <laughs> what other, uh, I just really quickly, I'm interested in Lulu Bell now. What, what other, is she still employed by your organization and what else does she do? Well, no. Uh, after Mr. Hawking passed, uh, she went on to uh, Greener Pastures. Oh, meaning? A rub and tug salon somewhere in <laughs> Albany. And those are Greener Pastures. Uh, she was not a big fan of spooning. <laughs> I see. So she just wanted to jerk off businessmen. Football, uh, franchise owners, whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, there are, you know... Any number of governors of uh, New York State who I'm sure she, uh, you know. She has a few Elliot Spitzer stories, I'll be honest. Oh, I bet. I bet she does. We, You know what? We all do. Don't we? Don't we? We sure do. So and this is very interesting. Um, well, I'm glad we're talking about Lulu Bell and everything because uh, you, the, the second thing that you had mentioned was that uh, Mr. Hawking, uh, uh, upon the takeover, addressed your hiring practices. Can you talk a little yes. bit about that, please? Yes. Uh, Mr. Hawking identified the hiring practices of, of IHOP as being ableist. Mm. And as someone who was disabled himself, he, he 
pushed for a much greater representation of individuals uh, who who are disabled. So, you know, fighting ableism, which is a word I, I didn't even know existed until 10 to 12 minutes ago. That's the- uh, And I went and I asked all my Latinx friends what they thought about it. And they just looked at me. <laughs> What does uh, a, a new, um, differently abled or disabled, you know, staff, wait staff and, and service staff at the organization look like? Well, um, obviously there are more people in chairs, wheelchairs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, devices such as that. Uh, this can present a problem. Kitchens aren't designed for that necessarily. Uh, sometimes they, we have encounter little traffic jams in, in the kitchen sure. and the the cold food line, the hot food line, uh, back of house the prep, you know, it, it can be a bit of a, of a, of a dilemma, but you know, we, at least we've gainfully employed people. It's great. Okay. So maybe an hour and a half to get your breakfast. Is that a small price to pay for fighting ableism? I would say yes. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm glad you would, you know, what other sort of, um, uh, disabled people, you know, have you employed and in what way have you dispatched them within the restaurant? Well, uh, we have a, st- we have blind waiters. Mm-hmm. Good. We have deaf waiters and we have dumb waiters. <laughs> oh, blind, deaf and dumb. Yes. <laughs> the, <laughs> the BD and D. The BDD. I see. So, and and how does that affect their work? Um, you know, let's say I came in and order uh, uh, the Lou Gehrig's macchiato or whatever that was called. If I come in and order that, mm. how am I going to receive that food? You may or may not, you know, and that's one of the things <laughs> you're going to have to kind of come to terms with. Mm-hmm. Do you have any um, staff members with, you know, uh, diseases, uh, degenerative diseases other than Lou Gehrig's disease, maybe some Parkinson's uh, servers or dishwashers ha- or anything like that? We have, we have a stat we do. Uh, we, you know, we, we represent all the diseases. Oh, we went on a hiring spree. We went to hospice care facilities. <laughs> uh, we did whatever it took to, to get a, a well-rounded, diverse staff. You know, I, I guess my question would be, how, how does training, so you, you, you go drive by the hospice and you pick up a bunch of people and bring them to train, you know, how long does it take to usually train them and get them on the floor? Uh, with the hospice, you know, it, it's a tricky thing. We try to, you know, we want to get those people on the floor as soon as possible. Right. Uh, and so we will you know, march into a hospice care facility or somebody's home and, and just say, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm-hmm. And just try to get, you know, we'll do the training. Have you ever heard of in-car training? I haven't. Well, it's, it's the kind of training you do in a car on the way to your job. <laughs> I think a lot of American businesses are doing that from what I've uh, experienced, uh, at least in the um, yeah. hospitality and care industries. Yes. And so you you get those people and you, you you train them and you drop them off and then they're good to go or they get stuck. Or they get stuck. Willie turned his chair the wrong way and then it got wedged in between the fryer and the salad bar. <laughs> That's right. So I, I guess nobody got their food that day. Uh, it just involved climbing over Willie, or as we say in the business, spooning. <laughs> so, so last thing, so your, your, your hospice care people, mm-hmm. you get them on the mm-hmm. floor and then, um, and then, and then, then what's sort of the final stage there? Uh, well, I mean, hopefully, uh, they get your check first. Okay. And they're able to drop that off at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in a couple of instances, you know, we've, we've had to help them out to get the check to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look over, you see your server kind of crawling towards your table, holding <laughs> a piece of paper up in the air and you know, you're torn. Yep. Cause you're like, do I tip? Right. Cause it's slow service. It is. It's super slow. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say no. And you can, because these people aren't going to be around much longer to, to badmouth you. Well, see, that was sort of my other thought is, you know, once they start a shift, do they make it through to the end? There are different ways of clocking out. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Hi, Jack. How are you? Uh-huh. Great. How are <laughs> you? Uh, I'm good. Uh, and you know why I'm good? No, I have no idea. Well, because uh, this is the second week in a row that we're doing our podcast. I, I'm surprised, you know, that there wasn't, um, you know, some cat in a tree in Iowa that you had to go uh, uh, race out because only you could climb up the tree and get the cat down. Uh, yeah, you're lucky. There has not been another significant natural disaster or man-made disaster that has required me to go anywhere. Right, right. And well, well, none do things of those- that no one else can do. Yeah, no, none of those required you to to leave and abdicate your position as America's leading funny man. I can tell you that I am a very entertaining warehouse manager, uh, a very uh, enjoyable forklift driver. Don't care. My inventory numbers are, uh, you know, they're they're different. They're, they've got spark. Uh, no, I bet they do. But uh, that, uh, what about our listeners? I like them. And I, I like the emails. They're very nice. What, do the hell, get- what the hell? Where'd you guys go? What are you doing? Yeah. What is yeah. Brian thinking? Well, you know, okay, well, you get what you pay for. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's fair. What can people do to keep you broadcasting this podcast? Because I feel like people are frustrated. They're angry uh, at you. Um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of online hate, you know, all of Kanye's comments I think are about you. Um, mm. uh, Dr. Oz's uh, attacks on a, on a stroke victim, I think are generally, um, rooted in his hatred towards you and your terrible decision-making. What can listeners do f- fans of ours like Dr. Oz and the like to keep you, how can they make our podcast important enough to you? W- what is it you need? $733,000. Okay. So if we started a GoFundMe for $733,000 is the goal. And we met that goal. Yes. You would say, screw you to the people, uh, to the alleged war uh, victims in Ukraine. You know, it'd be hard. It'd be hard to do, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. So, and shouldn't it be GoFundI? <laughs> uh, how was your Halloween? My Halloween was fairly uneventful. Uh, my one son is in college. My other son dressed up as uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad. That's cool. And sent me a very funny photo from his chemistry class, and uh, and it was pretty chill. How was yours? Uh, it was a, a bit sad. My son, Jack, uh, got uh, tested died. positive for COVID. No. Yep. Did he uh, really? On Sunday. 
Oh, goodness. So and he had like this really cool Top Gun Maverick uh, costume and, you know, he had the the uh, uh, aviators. The whole thing is going to be so cool. And he was just devastated that he couldn't uh, go trick or treating. And, you know, for 11 years old, that's sort of like one of your last prime years of childish yeah. exuberance for this holiday. So I I really feel for him. Yeah, I remember my friend, uh, Timmy Sykes, he he didn't go to Halloween on his 11th birthday because he had the flu. Oh, and man, he's, well, I shouldn't say he, she is a mess. Well, wait, so the trauma of missing a Halloween at this age can have far reaching effects uh, uh, later in life. Yeah. I mean, oh, shortly God. after that, he, he told his parents he wanted boobies and <laughs> then um, he started taking hormones and, and now she, I mean, I'm, I just dead gendered her, uh, him, her. Uh, so she is now, yeah, she's a, uh, she, her name is Delicious Bill. <laughs> Little Timmy Sykes is now Delicious Bill. That doesn't feel like a transition name. Yeah, I, I think he kind of half, she, sorry, she kind of half-assed it. And then she full-assed it because she got a Brazilian butt lift. BBL. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, uh, half-assing is part of the transition. Am I getting that right? I I don't even understand it anymore. Yeah. But, you know, she is, uh, she, you know, she's a mess. She, she never recovered from missing that. I, I mean, I wish the best for your kid. I hope he'll be fine. I'm sure. Or she, whatever. Uh, but, you know, you know, I, I, maybe it's not a big thing to everybody. Maybe it was just a big thing to Delicious Bill. I don't know. I, I don't want my son to be... Uh, uh, to, to transition just sort of based on a, on a trauma that doesn't feel like he's uh, got a woman inside him that needs to, to, to escape. That just sort of seems like, I don't know what that is, but it seems not healthy emotionally for my son. Okay. Well then, you know, when the box arrives, just, just hold on to it. Wait, what, what's the box? I sent him a bunch of estrogen <laughs> just in case I want to be proactive, Jack. Wait, I got a box from you this mm -hmm. morning and I, would, and I took it up to his room because there's just nothing but candy inside. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's gummies because they want to make it more, you know, enjoyable. Right. Because a lot of kids don't want to, you know, they don't like the big pills. Yeah. He gummies wolfed are much it down. more tolerable. He oh, was like okay, super then. hungry. So he like wolfed down all the candies. Like uncle Brian's the best. All right. Well, check on her later. I mean, he, I mean, I, I will say when I came in to sort of take his temperature, he was lactating all over the place. And there you go. I'm sorry, your kid has COVID. That's that's a bummer. Now, how are you avoiding getting COVID? Uh, I'm isolating him in his room. Uh, if I, you know, I'll bring food in and I'll just like open the door slightly and I'll put it on the table or, you know, his juice or whatever. And then I'll just immediately close the door and tell him I love you. Um, and and that's sort of it. I'm just we're just sort of isolating him pretty hardcore. That sounds like a VC Andrews book. <laughs> Oh man, uh, you know what? We, we leave even the obscure references in. That's right. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to talk to you about uh, something that I usually really enjoy uh, bringing up and discussing with you because I don't know if everybody knows this, if all our listeners really know this, but in actuality, you are a, quite an accomplished ad man. Yes. So it, can you tell people the actual, very briefly, the actual true uh, story about uh, your time in the advertising business? I was in advertising, Jack. 
Good story. It's worked. all true. Every word of what it's, Brian said is true. That's five, five true words. I said, uh, you know, I was in advertising, worked on a variety of ad campaigns, uh, uh, days in, mm-hmm. um, general tire, mm-hmm. Chiquita banana Mentos. Ooh. That was, that was one I was proud of. That's cool. Um, you know, variety, variety of things. A lot of, a lot of big co- Coke, of course. Of course, is because you were in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta at the time. Yeah, I had right. to work on Coke. Of course. Um, you know, so advertising stuff. Well, that's that's so great. So I, I know that you, um, you know, you're continuing to sort of dabble in the freelance space, and you have yeah, a number of clients. Yeah, there's money to be made. Yeah, of course, and and you're excited to um, you know, to to work with a, a wide variety of of either new companies or or companies that already exist for the mm-hmm. to sort of launch their new uh, ad campaigns or or maybe rebrand or what have you. I was wondering if we could talk mm-hmm. about some of your current clientele, and you could tell us what you've got planned. Oh yeah, of course. I'd love to. It's one of the reasons I don't sign non-disclosure agreements <laughs> is so I can talk about it on the podcast. That's great. It's a terrible uh, lawyering on the part of these businesses, but you know, I'm yes. not going to, it benefits me. So I hack with it. You know, the first thing I want to talk to you about, I know that you're, uh, you're working for John Fetterman's campaign. Is that right? Yes. Yep. John Fetterman for Senate. That's great. In Pennsylvania. Yes. PA as we call it. Oh, PA. See, this is the sort of insight that only you can provide. It's very exciting. Yep. All this insider terms. So, so John Fetterman, I, I know you guys are preparing his final campaign commercial, the, the sort of like mm-hmm. the last, you know, the thing that you want in people's heads as they head to the, the ballot box. This is going to be on the radio and on TV all weekend, right as people head to, to vote uh, on uh, this coming Tuesday. Can you please uh, tell us about the, the John Fetterman campaign commercial that your uh, agency is, is preparing? We're facing a, a foe, uh, this, this Mehmet Oz. Yep. Who, you know, if he's the first uh, Muslim, potentially a Muslim senator, which would be a, a good thing that would be celebrated, if not for the fact that he was an evil uh, Republican. And so um, we want, you know, we got it. We know Mehmet Oz is, is playing on Fetterman's weaknesses. Mm-hmm. What are Fetterman's weaknesses? Well, you know, talking. So, you know, wh- how do we fight that? I, I don't know. That's why you're the expert. So um, we just have everything uh, printed out on cue cards. Mm. And so this spot is just going to show it's, you know, we're going to do all the usuals. He's going to, he's going to be surrounded by workers. Okay. At a steel mill. Yeah. Right. Pennsylvania's got a lot of steel mills. Yep. Pittsburgh. Come on. Steel town. Come on. Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yep. So he's going to be there in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And he's going to be standing among all these workers and he's just going to look around. And before he, as he, as his mouth starts to move, he's just going to hold up a cue card that says, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm going to fight for you. And it's all the things we want to say uh, that are con- in a concise amount of time mm-hmm. where it's understandable. Right. And so he's just going to hold up these cards. And okay. so you know, we're going to go from that and then we're going to wipe to like uh, an abortion clinic. <laughs> And, and he's just going to be like, you know, he's going to hold up a sign that I'm going to keep all these open no matter what, Mm -hmm. you know, babies be gone. And it's just going to say that like real, real quick in the, in the, in the cue cards. So you have a babies be gone, a cue card that you've written for John Fetterman. Yep. That's seems like maybe not quite the message you want to get across. So you're just going to have your candidate not speak at all. Yeah, I think that's the best uh, because we had a, a little powwow mm-hmm. 
and we sat around and we, you know, we were kind of each, each one of us kind of threw out the ideas that, and that seemed like that one that was very popular. Okay. You know, so like less talking, more walking, mm-hmm. just kind of like this kind of looking around. Yeah. This is Pennsylvania. You know, that kind of stuff. He'll go to, you know, you know that place where, um, in like Lancaster where the, the Pennsylvania Dutch, you know, mm-hmm. they ride around in horse carriages and they act like it's the 1800s. And he's just going to hold up his card that just says, what up with this question mark? <laughs> Cause he, you know, cause do they vote? I don't think they vote. Yeah. You're not. Cause that involves, they're not going to take their horse to the voting poll. There's, I mean, there's no harm in that, I guess. He's just kind of a little comic relief. Okay. Oh, so <laughs> I see. Well, I mean, he certainly is very plain spoken. I could sort of see that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we think, you know, plain spoken is good, but non-spoken is better. <laughs> is that sort of, that's your tagline for this whole thing? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, that's kind of the point we're trying, you know, plain spoken is good. Mm-hmm. Non-spoken is better. And then at the end of the commercial, it just turns to the camera and says, I'm John Fetterman. And then I, I'm going to come in and just say, and I approve his message. Because <laughs> I just, we want the commercial to end after 30 seconds. Right. And it could take him almost 30 seconds just to get that out. It could take a while. He's recovering. He's recovering. Uh, hopefully it's he's going to be know, fine. It, it's a multi-year process. It'll take a while. Yeah. Let's get him in the Senate and work this out. That's the place to sort of iron these things out. Yes. Yeah. Now this is one I didn't know about. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's sort of, has been in the news. So this has got to be a little bit of a challenge for you. Um, a, a business, I guess maybe it's some sort of destination called Yee's Hanukkah village. Yeah. Ye, yeah. Well, this, yeah, it was, um, it was Yee's Hanukkah village. Okay. So sort of like, and, you know, like Santa's workshop is like a place where you can take yes. your kids. Okay. Yeah. You know, we're, we're challenging the narrative. Oh, and That's so fun. it's just going to be like, it's going to whimsical world through the, the world of Hanukkah and money lending and, and just, and it's going to just be kind of like, you know, you're going to learn when you, when you come to Yee's Hanukkah village mm-hmm. and there's going to be like, you know, the little, a lot of animatronic stuff, of course. And then like little workshops and we have, you know, just little Jews walking around and, 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 it, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun family thing. So a family thing. So what, what do the families do when they visit uh, Yee's Hanukkah village to like all the little Jews walking around? Well, uh, of course there's a cover charge. So when you get there at Yee's Hanukkah village, you have to change your money to shekels. <laughs> and there's like this little guy. <laughs> and so if you give him like a $20 bill, you're going to get like 18 shekels back. I see. He, he takes two off the top. And then, and then you go in, and then you go in there and, you know, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the food and things like that, uh, it's overpriced. So you got to take out a loan. <laughs> so you go over to the little loan booth <laughs> and then there's just another little guy in there like, <laughs> almost like a caricature. It almost seems that way. Yeah. And then, you know, you, so you borrow some money for him cause you want to buy some of the French fries and, um, and and then you know there's a lot of music in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play dreidel if you want, mm. which, is just, which is just a top you spin. Sure, it's twelve dollars, twelve shekels, <laughs> and um, you know, and it's it's just it just tells the story of uh, of these you know how they came to control the media. Oh, and and ever and ever and and they're behind all the bad things, and they they did nine eleven. No, oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. 
See, this is really great. And so, and Kanye came up with all of these ideas himself. He did. I mean, he had some assistance from, from people in the past and um, he'd read a book uh, called the prodigals of the elders of Zion. So, I mean, he, he's kind of got like a little background in this stuff, but like he really brought it to life. I mean, it's pretty offensive stuff. Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, I guess my, one of my biggest questions for you would be, um, do, you know, what is your plan when you're sort of brainstorming with Yi Kanye, whatever you want to call him, uh, to keep his bipolar medication away from him so he can continue to come up with um, great ideas and thoughts uh, that slander the Jewish people? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like he, you know, he, he kind of he keeps leaning towards like, you know, he, he'll look at you like, should I start? taking these pills again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we'll be like, you know, dude, uh, what I do is I just say, you know what, you don't know where that fentanyl is. It could be in any one of those. <laughs> and so my whole thing is just scare them away. You know, to I don't want him taking anything. Right. E- even multivitamins. I'll be, I'm just trying to put it in his head. Don't put any pills in your mouth. Right. Uh, he's, he's a, he had a big, clearly vitamin D, like a big yellow, you know, gummy looking thing. About yep. to I'm like, dude, they're, yay, there might, yay or yay, there might be uh, fentanyl in that. Right. And he just looks at me and then he kind of looks down because you know he wants to be better. And and then he just kind of, he drops the, the vitamin E and is, is, you know, and that explains the eczema. <laughs> so, but, and, and now you're giving him something called vitamin E. Can you tell us what that is? Uh, yeah. Vitamin E is, it's a, basically, it's a mix of methamphetamines. <laughs> uh, I went by the Mengele recipe. I, I don't have a lot of cookbooks. I'll have to look that up. It's an old German recipe. And so it's just like a little cocktail of things to give him the energy he needs to get out there and do what, uh, you know, what needs to be done, which is slander an entire ethnicity. Yeah. Well, that's great. You know, and certainly, I mean, it's got to be a cash cow for you. You took out a lot of money for this mm-hmm. uh, endeavor because he's, you know, he's actually, you know, he's he suffered a lot lately. He's being persecuted by these people. That's right. Uh, for, for just having an opinion. And so, um, you know, he's, he had to take out a loan from me and, you know, and at 78% interest, it's going to hurt him. Right. But, you know, I, I, I look forward to that payday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, highly offensive and problematic uh, and terrible. I, you know, these people have suffered enough. So I, but it's advertising. It's advertising. Yeah. You got to, you got to serve the client before you got to serve mankind. I, I'm like a lawyer. If you're a murderer, I'll defend you. Yep. You know, you rabid anti whatever. Fine. Where's, sign the contract. You'll get, you'll get the work out of me. Of course you will. And and really quickly, what's your, um what's your ad campaign looking like for Yee's Hanukkah Village? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, advertise on traditional uh, website, you know, the, uh, maybe the Joy Reid show. <laughs> Uh, the Daily Stormer, um, you know, just the traditional outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some billboards in Idaho, mm-hmm. in rural Idaho, uh, in a variety of places, uh, mostly near compounds. And, um, <laughs> you know, and then we'll do internet advertising. You know, oh. you can target, the internet's great because you can really target people. That's right. You know, so you, you look for a very specific type of person and then you just, you aim it at them. Oh, that's great. And who are you aiming it for, for Yee's Hanukkah Village? Uh, people on 4chan. <laughs> well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, okay. Well, you know, good, again, good, good luck with that, Brian. 
Thank you, Jack. And you know, I was looking at your client roster from your website, and and this is uh, yeah. I, it's a new one, but this is a very uh, strange. I don't even know where the money from this would come from. But you bragged in your website that you have a forty million dollar um, sort of redesign uh, for a trombone. For a trombone? Yeah, for the instrument, the trombone. Yep. What, like, what? Why are you? Why does the big trombone industry, like what are they and, and what, what do they hope to accomplish by rebranding themselves? And, and uh, what's the upside? Like if you are Nike and you do an ad, you want to sell more shoes. I get that. What is this? Yeah. Well, you know, trombones have traditionally been not appreciated uh, by the bulk of people. You don't hear, you know, a lot of stories of trombone Guys, you know, getting the ladies, it's always guitarists, right? It's true. It's the guitarists, it's the lead singer, it's the pianist. It's never the trombone guy. Yeah. The, even the drummer. Yeah. You know, but the guy blowing into the, the long metal thing that goes back and forth, you don't, you just don't see it. Mm, it's true. So they, they want to rebrand trombone. They want to, you know, they want to make it a sexier instrument. Oh, oh. Uh, and so there, you know, so we, we've launched a whole new campaign. We're going to revisit the, the look of the trombone. Yeah. It's been, it's been around for quite some time, but maybe it's time for a change. Wow. How do you, um, how do you make the trombone sexy in your advertising? So what we're going to do, uh, you know, right now they, these days they have very realistic looking sex dolls. Oh, definitely. What we've done is we've coupled realistic sex dolls with trombones. <laughs> Okay. I don't, I, I don't understand. I'm sorry. Well, okay. Imagine you're sitting there uh, at a, at a concert. You're listening to some big band thing. Sure. Uh, Glenn Miller. You're watching a, a Glenn Miller cover band. I love those. And then suddenly in the back where the trombones used to be, this guy lifts up a petite Japanese woman and starts <laughs> blowing into her behind <laughs> and then moving her arm back and forth. Holy crap. Yeah. You're watching that, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. You would, you'd watch that in a heartbeat. Imagine. They're just about to come to the trombone solo and then suddenly gorgeous redhead and the legs sliding back and forth as he blows into her groin. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I mean. And I, the beautiful I, sound of a trombone coming out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's such a good idea. I'd even go to see a jazz concert. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. This is universal, whether it's, it's jazz, big band, it doesn't matter. You will, you or Bruce Springsteen, you, anybody was going to want to watch this. Yeah. You know, it's going to make, it's going to make lead singers who are used to be in the center of attention jealous because they know that once that guy starts blowing into that blonde, that all eyes are on her. That's so cool. And what happened to, I mean, gosh, I hate to be crass, but I think it's the question on everyone's mind. You know, what happens if you use your trombone as a sex doll? Well, you have a very musical orgasm. <laughs> can we, can we hear real quick what an orgasm sounds like? It'll be something like. <laughs> what was that last part? Just the song ending. <laughs> And sleep beginning. That's really damn weird. Well, you know, final one. I saw 
this is your biggest corporate one. Um, it's very, very exciting. Chipotle. Yes. That's great. Sort of the, the, um, they've revolutionized uh, fast food, uh, Mexican food. Um, that's right. Uh, you know, sort of that's, that's what everyone wants. No one wants Taco Bell anymore. Everyone wants yeah. Chipotle. So how yeah. are you getting ready to sort of, um, what is the message you, uh, Chipotle wants to get out? And, uh, you know, especially maybe as we head in towards the, uh, the holiday season. Well, um, it's Wilbur. It's so we have a, we have a golden doodle named Wilbur. <laughs> okay. And he's been trained by the fast food force, the FFF. Okay. And he is a feces sniffing dog. <laughs> so he's highly trained. So what do the camera does is, is goes down the sidewalk as Wilbur and his handler are walking down the street. They pass a Taco Bell and Wilbur signals. Tail goes up in the air and he points right towards Taco Bell. Oh my gosh. And they, they go inside and he immediately runs up and that's, and they, they starts tearing open the, the tacos and the burritos. And we know, we know what that means that Taco Bell has fecal matter in it. <laughs> and then Wilbur, the feces sniffing dog comes out and we just kind of do that to a bunch of, of chains. And then he gets to Chipotle. Chipotle. And, and that one too. And so he gets oh to Chipotle, God. my client, he gets to Chipotle and he keeps walking. Oh. And the guy from the FFF, he was, he's looking at this dog in disbelief and he keeps looking back to the Chipotle. And then he's the dogs, he's, he realizes the dog didn't detect anything, but this guy loves to Chipotle. So he kicks Wilbur. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. What? And he says, I want to, I want to eat at Chipotle. And the dog just kind of looks at him like, why'd you kick me? I'm just doing my job. And the guy from the FFF goes in there and he gets himself a burrito bowl. Uh-huh. And you just see him enjoying the burrito bowl. And the dog's outside looking through the window in tears, <laughs> wondering why his beloved owner kicked him. He didn't, he did everything right. He doesn't, why is he being punished? Oh my, and he doesn't even bring Wilbur into the, the restaurant? No, there's a Chipotle has a has a dogs not allowed sign on every door. <sighs> Only <Kinda> in the food. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Wilbur. Okay, what is the point of that commercial? Uh, it seems like you're not gonna. I, I can't imagine Chipotle would be excited by it. What is the the point of that commercial? I, I guess it's just to say that Chipotle doesn't have feces in its food. Yeah, and everybody else does. Oh boy. So how does the commercial end with Wilbur? He's out there. He's, he's got tears streaming down his dog face yeah. Yeah. as he watches his owner. Who's broken some of his ribs. Enjoy a, a taco bowl. Yes. So how does the commercial end? Well, uh, you see a, a preeminent dog therapist inside Chipotle <laughs> getting his, his burrito bowl. Mm -hmm. And he looks outside and he sees that dog crying and he's like, oh, and he puts down, and he, even though he loves burrito bowls more than anything, especially at Chipotle where they're fantastic, he puts it down and he goes outside to see what's wrong with the dog. Right. And, and the dog tells him <laughs> in dog language, not of course in English or anything. Of course. And the guy kind of looks and he nods and he walks inside and he picks up one of Chipotle's eco forks. They're made of bamboo. Oh, Cool. And he jams it into that dude's throat. <laughs> Don't you hurt a dog, he says. 
don't you hurt that dog. <gasps> Holy God. Yeah. And the guy looks at him with his fork sticking out of his neck. And it's just kind of, it's, it's not anywhere dangerous. The tears streaming down his eyes. Mm-hmm. And he said, but I love Chipotle so much. Right. And the, this preeminent dog psychologist is just like, so do I. They realize that they both love Chipotle. They both have something in common. And next thing you know, the FFF guy picks up the dog therapist and plays him like a freaking trombone. <laughs> Jack. Brian. Listen, uh, CNN Plus, it, it died very quickly, right? Yeah, it sure did. Well, hope springs eternal, Jack, because there's now CNN Plus Plus. Oh, I haven't heard about this. Yeah. So my friend Ron, he worked at CNN Plus and then he got canned after two months when they went out of business. But yeah. CNN Plus Plus, they got a lot more money for this. It's a, it's a new venture. It's a new streaming venture by CNN. And uh, he's thinking it's going to be great. Wow. It sounds great. I mean, if CNN's behind it, it can't be anything but high quality. That's right. And so uh, they need, uh, of course, anchors for their new venture. And uh, my friend Ron said, you know, listen, I know Jack uh, is, is is a capable kind of everyman kind of person. He might be somewhat appealing uh, on CNN Plus Plus. Would he be interested? I said, golly, yeah. And so Ron sent me scripts for you to audition for CNN Plus Plus. Uh, that's great. I mean, I'm a little bit more of a leading man, but yes, I, other, otherwise I totally am on board and this sounds exciting. Yeah. I'd love to audition for CNN plus plus. All right. So basically uh, Ron sent me some scripts for you to read. They're based on uh, local news, of course, or on uh, news stories and, mm-hmm. and all they need, he says, you know, that you just need to be real professional. Uh, you want to okay. come across like somebody who reads the freaking news and, and you <laughs> want to appeal to the CNN plus plus audience. Uh, so I just sent you a script and if you could just, uh, just start reading it, that'd be fantastic. Okay, I just got it. I have never read this before in my life. I have opened it. Yeah, uh, let me just read it now no, real you quick. There's no, so, so news happens fast, you know, breaking news, things like that. They need somebody who's trained in delivering news immediately. Whatever's coming over the teleprompter, whatever's put in front of them. So there's no time to kind of rehearse or practice. They need somebody who is is quick. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, so you can, I guess that makes sense. You can take a story and just run with it. So just, you know, as professional as you can, please uh, deliver the news, Jack. You're on. Okay. Okay. I can't count me down like a, like you're a sure. news director. Three, two, one, breaking news. Authorities in Houston, Texas are searching for a gunman who shot and killed rap star Takeoff on Monday. He was 28. The musician, whose real name was Timmy Jenkins, was reportedly playing dice at 2.30 a.m. on Monday, like most normal people, when a gunman approached his group and opened fire. The gun went bang, 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 and people were like, oh, my God, and they ran all all over the place. People and emergency medical technicians arrived at the scene shortly afterward and found takeoff suffering from a gunshot wound to the neck. He was declared deceased at the scene after an angel was spotted flying away with takeoff soul. The angel said he was taking it to black heaven, which is like white heaven, except it's only for black souls in the name of anti-racism. Takeoff broke into the mainstream with his song, Granny's Overgrown Garden, which is inspired by accidentally seeing his Nana in the shower. Subsequent hits included Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes. (laughs) Salute to the glorious leader of the Democratic Republic of North Korea and the duet Please Clap with Jeb Bush. Several musical stars weighed in on the rapper's untimely death on social media. Lil Pump tweeted, I can't believe this. 
Ja Rule sent his love to Takeoff's friends and family. And Cardi B posted an Instagram tribute from her vagina. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> that can't be true. Uh, you know, CNN plus plus. I don't know. I mean, I would assume it's true. It's the news. I guess. Doggone it. There are a couple little times I yeah, feel like kinda, I didn't do great. You didn't do it as professionally as I know Ron and CNN plus plus would like. So I'm I, at okay. least you have another chance. He sent me more scripts. Uh, here's one. I oh, just sent it to you. That's a relief. And, uh, you know, as soon as you get it, let's just start reading it like you're a newscaster. Okay, Act great. I am. Okay. Okay. I will. Um, I'm really want to get this role. I definitely need something it. new in my life. Okay. Yeah. I just got the script. I've never read this before. Please count me down. Three, two, one, plus, plus. A Missouri man is a modern medical miracle after being struck by lightning last Wednesday. During a severe thunderstorm, 33-year-old Jacob Burke of Odessa took refuge under a long metal pole he held over his head. Burke said that shortly after, he heard a clap of thunder and doesn't remember much more after that. Burke returned to work several days after being released from the hospital, only to realize that he had become fluent in French, a language which he had never taken in school or spoken before. Standing before reporters in his modest home, Burke informed them he'd be addressing them in French. I am speaking to you in the French, he told the awestruck monolingual crowd. I like the ladies and I like your wife. <laughs> a neurologist with no knowledge of foreign languages said that Burke's sudden fluency was, quote, one of many mysteries of the brain. Dr. Jay Pinkerman was amazed as he watched videos of Burke saying things like, I eat the cheese. Mmm, so good the cheese. And singing, I am the national anthem of the France. Burke says he hopes to turn his new talent into a lucrative career translating at the UN. Huh. That's a, that's a strange little story. <laughs> that's a strange story. And I, you know, I, I, I have... I had some French and that, I mean, it just didn't sound familiar to me, to be honest. But it, what well, I mean, that could, was that, was that me? Because I also don't speak French. That was that my read or. No, I, I think, I mean, my, my feeling is that he's, he's actually, that doesn't know what he's talking about. Maybe his brain's okay. a little scrambled. Maybe nobody called him out on it. I think you that's know, probably true. Because most, he's probably, you know, the people who did speak another language probably spoke Spanish, which is more practical here. Right. It's way more practical. Uh, did I get the role? Nope. But I have one more script. Come on, damn it. That okay. Ron sent me, uh, CNN plus plus. Here's your chance. You can do this. This is great. Okay. Wait, uh, while I wait for the script to come, what does the extra plus stand for? Uh, it's just extra plus. <laughs> well, it sounds like a great deal. Okay. I've just gotten the third script uh, in my inbox right now. All I right. have opened it. Three, I've never read this before. Oh. Two, one. Plus, plus. Reporters in Georgia were stunned during a Stacey Abrams press conference on Tuesday. While the Senate hopeful was answering a question from a local reporter, a nightingale flew between the outrageous gap in the 40-year-old's teeth and perched on her uvula. <laughs> Witnesses say that Abrams continued talking for a solid half hour, seemingly unaware that there was a small bird resting in her mouth. After the incident was brought up, Abrams campaign officials shrugged it off, stating that Miss Abrams was used to having a lot of stuff in her mouth, so a small bird was, quote, no big deal. An Abrams spokesman said that focusing on a nightingale perched on his chunky boss's uvula. <laughs> Come on. 
was a distraction from what was truly important, which is that they defeat fascism and Nazis and fascists and Hitler and fascism. <laughs> the Nightingale and Stacey's uvula incident comes in the final week of her battle for a Georgia Senate seat. Her opponent, Republican Brian Kemp, has never had a Nightingale sail into his mouth and still maintains a wide lead you can sail an Airbus through. <laughs> That's Why? Why? In this news copy, would you call this woman chunky? Like, what does that matter? Um, I mean, I, d- didn't that come from the spokesman himself? I, uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. You're right. Yeah. So, you know, take it up with the spokesman. You're just reporting okay. the news on CNN Plus Plus, although you're not because you, you didn't land that one. Uh, Great. Ron's going to be so disappointed. He was hoping to work with you. Uh, yeah, I love Ron and I would like to work with him as well. Well, I'm sorry that I... I'm sorry I wasted everybody's time. I'm sorry that we put this on a podcast. I'm just sorry for it all. It's a shame when you think about it. It's all sad. It is all sad. And you know what else is sad is the fact that this is all the time we have for today's questionable material. That's fine, Jack. It's fine. You know, it means we'll have time for one next week. Now, you're not going to pull some sort of nonsense and not be available to record, are you? You know, that's the joy of this, Jack, is they could call me at any moment. I drop everything. That's not what we want. We want listeners to return to the habit of downloading this show every Thursday. So please don't say stuff like that. I'll be here next week or my wife will kill me. Good. I'm with her. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 